Hi, this is William Carter of the Way, the Truth, and the Life podcast. The podcast where we discuss everyday issues and how they affect the lives of the believers of God everywhere. Now remember, the Way, the Truth, and Life podcast is not a religious or political organization. This is not about politics or religion, but it's about the way you live your life. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, this is William Carter, and this is The Way, the Truth, and the Life for Monday, March 29th. I'm going to be talking today from excerpts in the Bible, still regarding the way that God wants us to live, still talking about the kingdom living and how it applies to us and the scripture um, that's on my heart today that God laid on my heart is out of Galatians chapter 6 and starting in the 12th verse and so I just want to set the tone here as I try to do in every topic is talk about what was going on and why the writer was making the statements that we're going to read about in the scriptures. In in Galatia, a church in um, what would be considered uh, the Middle East, modern-day Turkey. Uh, They call it Asia Minor for some reason. But anyway, um, they were Gentiles who were Christians and followers of Christ and Paul had preached there and they were followers of Paul and and so Paul wrote this letter because he found out that they were being troubled by Christians who wanted to get along with the Jews who were persecuting them so because they wanted them to to become circumcised following the law of Moses and so Paul is making the statement throughout this letter written to the church in Galatia that they are um, that they are basically leaving the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel about Jesus Christ and what Jesus came to bring to them the Gentiles by following the Jewish law Christ set us free from the law uh, free from the judgment of sin which is against the law so to speak and so the whole point of this letter written to the Galatians is an argument uh, against circumcision and an argument of keeping the Jewish law uh, because what Paul's uh, what Paul's uh, contention was was that by living a life that's holy you fulfill everything that's in the law and because you are following Christ and living the way Christ lived his life, you're not under the judgment of the law, but you declare righteous by your faith in Christ. And that's the whole purpose of becoming a follower of Christ is because you can't be justified from the law. And because the law was, it was intentionally made, um, it was, I, I, the best way I can say that is, the law in itself, it was impossible for mankind to be able to keep the law because the, 
the holiness of God is so holy, there's no way by our own strength we can do it because of the sinful nature of man. And so this is what Paul is trying to show the Galatians is that by grace through faith, this is how we obtain salvation. And, and so we have to trust in the grace of God and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, not only in the, when he died on the cross, but in the resurrection from the dead. And this whole point of the death and resurrection of Jesus is to set us free from the judgment on the whole world not just on the Jewish culture itself, but on the whole world that was instituted because God had determined that because of our sin, that we could not be redeemed other than faith in him. And so when he gave Moses the law, he gave him the law and he gave him these um, circumstances in which with a sacrifice, an unblemished sacrifice would, would cover your sins. And not, but not atone for your sins. The day of atonement in the Jewish law, what it would do was it would atone for your sins once a year, but they were just a shadow or, or they were um, a, 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 a glimpse of things to come. And the things to come were and are the resurrection, the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So getting back to the point of talking about um, the point here in Galatians, Paul is getting to the motives of the people who are bringing these accusations against the Jewish, I'm sorry, the Gentile followers of Paul. And, and so they're, he's trying to show them the motives of the people that are finding fault with them and trying to get them to follow them. And so this is where we come into it. And so beginning in the sixth chapter of Galatians and in the 12th verse, Paul makes a statement. He says, some people are trying to force you to be circumcised so the, Jew, so the Jews will accept them or to impress others by external standards to make a showing of, in the flesh. So what verse 12 is saying is this that some people are trying to force you to be circumcised so the Jews will accept them. This they do only, I'm sorry, this they do only to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. So basically what they're saying is if you don't want to be persecuted, you got to follow the world. You got to follow the Jews, you got to follow these people. You got to follow the people. You got to do this in order to be to keep from being persecuted. Now, this doesn't say that it, that it avoids that it, it avoids their salvation if they don't follow these rules. It's saying that they they won't persecute you if you do this. If you get circumcised, then we won't persecute you. If you give the appearance of following the law, then we're going to leave you alone. So, but so let's look at this in 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 its reality. The reality of these people that were talking about circumcision is that they were concerned, more concerned about your private parts, your private parts, not what you were doing with it, but the fact that you had to cut the skin off of your private part in order for them to consider you a follower of God. That's a little too, that's stepping over a little too far over my boundary. 
And so you're forcing your personal belief on me to the point that I've got to go and do this thing so that you can say uh, that you accept me. And so the question comes to my mind and should come to your mind is, well, how will you know that I did it? I mean, I could tell you I did it and maybe and you and, and hopefully you go away and leave me alone. But I mean, how will you really know that I did circumcise myself so that I can be in compliance with the law unless you wanted to inspect it? OK, so, so just think about it for a minute. How many times have religious people in your life just wanted just a little too much information about you so you can prove to them that you really are a follower of God? How many times have they overstepped a boundary that's a reasonable boundary of your own privacy or your own self, your own identity, whoever you whoever you are? How many times have religious people overstepped a boundary to get you to prove to them that you are a follower of God? And so you can prove to them that I'm a true follower of God. I'm going to do this for you to show you. So this becomes a thing about an outward show, an outward show of something. And so this is not the way of Christ. This is not what Christ came for you to do. Jesus didn't come for you to, to, for you to jump through hoops and to prove yourself to people by these things that don't mean anything. That, that doesn't mean anything. That was a covenant with God and Abraham. And Abraham was showing his faith in God by obeying this covenant, by circumcising himself and all of his servants. And then when his son Isaac was born, he circumcised Isaac and he, as well as Ishmael. And so Yitzhak was, which is the actual Hebrew pronunciation of Isaac's name, was circumcised and all of his children were circumcised and his grandchildren and so on and so forth. And so this was a, in keeping with the covenant that God made with Abraham. And so they're making everyone keep this in order to be accepted by them, not by accepted by God, but by them. And so I want to continue in verse 13. Those who are circumcised do not obey the law themselves, but they want you to be circumcised so they can brag about what they forced you to do. So Paul's point is that they don't even really obey the law themselves. They just got circumcised. These people who, who have all these things that they want you to do to prove how saved you are and how much you love God, they don't even do the things that they're supposed to do to show that they love God as well. They don't even live a good holy life. Some of the same uh, preachers and teachers, they, they have you following after them. And, and I'm, I'm Pastor Junebug. I go to Pastor Junebug's church. And, and I'm, I go to Pastor, Pastor Ray Ray's church. And all that. Uh, that, has, that doesn't have anything to do with God. It's about following a human being. It's not following Jesus. You're supposed to follow Jesus. Paul said, follow me as long as I follow Christ. And so the, 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 the other side of that coin is, is if I'm not following Christ, stop following me. And so we go around as preachers trying to get disciples unto ourselves, trying to disciple people that are following us and not following Jesus. So it becomes an ego thing. And that's why it's, it's, it's said in most, in most psychological communities that some of the greatest narcissists are leaders of public leaders, public officials, ministers and politicians. They're the biggest narcissists in the world because you have to be a narcissist to want to have that much control over people. 
They do this because they want you to follow them. And, and this is the thing. This is addictive behavior. This is what addicts do. Addicts manipulate people to, to get what they want so they get their drug to get high. And for, uh, for narcissistic preachers, their drug is you. Their control over you. This is how they can live a lie and preach in the pulpit and, and perform these antics on Sunday morning and talk in this great talk. And it, and it is not, doesn't matter what color they are or what race they come from or what culture they're from. They have more authority in your life and they exercise more authority in your life than they exercise in their own. And they want you to follow them and, and, and to give them this, this praise and this worship and this adoration that belongs to Jesus. And so they want to be able to brag about how they preach so well. And, and they want you to follow them on, on, on Instagram and follow them on YouTube and follow them on uh, Pinterest. And they want you to follow them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and follow them on all the social media and, and Zoom the meetings and come to church. I mean, look at all the preachers that continued to hold church services during the pandemic when the government said, hey, Stop meeting together and and, and 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 do it on Zoom. But they were still having church, and people were still getting the virus. Were going to their church services, and they didn't even care. They wouldn't even. They didn't even try to come visit the people that got sick in their church services that were in the hospital because they didn't want to catch COVID. But you got COVID coming to their church service, and some of them arrogant people that call themselves servants of God. Some of them got COVID too. And, and so, you know, the devil's busy. That's what that's what they said. But because of their arrogance, they caused you to err from God. And this is why so many people are going to say in the last days, Lord, Lord, did not do these miracles in your name and did not do all this stuff. And Jesus comes. I don't even know you get away from me. You, you, you do it. All you do is serve iniquity. All you do is serve sin. I don't want to. I don't associate myself with you, but I did these works in your name. Yeah, you did. But I don't know you. You're not one of mine. And so this is how it's going to be in the last days. So many people are going to find themselves on the outside of God's kingdom, looking in and wishing they had changed their ways. And all God is asking us to do is to change the way we think. Go back to your original mindset. Go back to the original set, the mind that you were you were born with. This is why Jesus said you must become like little children, because when you're a little child, you trust you, you, you trust, you trust what is being taught to you. You trust the people that are, that are providing for you and caring for you. And you believe what they say and you don't doubt it. And Jesus is talking about trusting God to like a child trusts his mom or dad, trusting God in the sense that when God says this, you do what God says. And so this is why we don't have the power in the church anymore. Like they, like it used to be is because we don't trust God. We trust people. We trust every faction and every every new thing that comes along. And we trust all these other things, but we don't trust God. And God is the one who gave you life. God is the one who brought you into this world. And God is the one who created this world. And God is the one who knows everything about you. And God can tell you everything about you. But you, you don't want to do is submit to God. Why why are you submitting to people that can't get that can't get you in the kingdom, but they sure enough can keep you out? Why are you trusting in people and, the, and their opinions about you when they can't do anything for you? It's better to serve God and, and be happy than to serve people and be miserable because that's all you're going to ever be. So you get circumcised. Okay, praise God, you're circumcised. Now what? They're going to come up with something else. 
There's always going to be a new, a new, um, a new teaching, a new ministry teaching, or you got to get this new teaching. And, and, and every last one of them is trying to get money out of you. They're trying to con you out of some money. Send your offering and your tithes to my ministry. Send your offerings to support. If, if you're receiving my teaching, then you, then you're, then you're supposed to support me in my ministry. No, baby, you got to do something for it. It's more than just you get on on YouTube and talk, oh, I'm a YouTube preacher, so you send your money from all over the world. No, baby, no, 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 no. The Bible doesn't tell us to preach the gospel to you so that you can pay us. That's not what we do this for. We do this for God, and God pays us. We're supposed to pay to preach. Paul paid to preach. Paul paid to go on those missionary journeys. He spent money out of his pocket. They got offerings and they gathered money together from the church and the church paid all their expenses and they paid their expenses as well. They put their money in the pot too to go preach in those other cities that on those missionary journeys. The, all the apostles paid their money. They spent their money. The church ordained them and sent them out, but they spent money too. They, they, they were invested in this thing. And they didn't go seeking an offering and asking for a gift. And if you read Paul's epistles, he'll, you see in some of his epistles, he said, I didn't take a dime from you. I didn't take any money from you. So you can't say you paid me. I did. I came and I, and I worked with my own two hands so that I can make sure that, that every penny that came into the church went to the people in the church. So see, see, this is the thing we got it all backwards. Everybody's trying to exploit you and God is trying to keep you from being exploited. So walk with God, walk with Jesus and trust God and trust Jesus. Stay in your Bible, read your Bible every day. And if you don't understand it, get a different translation that speaks your language. I read from the expanded Bible and the contemporary English Bible because it speaks the language we speak today. We don't speak King James anymore. The, 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 the King James translation is, is ambig, ambiguous at best and can easily be, be manipulated to mean what we want it to mean. And especially when people jump around from verse to verse to verse to verse to verse to verse. And the next thing you know, they, they got you sending all, your whole paycheck to them to down the road ministry and they ain't never going to come see you. If your mama gets sick, they're not coming to see you and your mama in the hospital if you if you if you need need money to pay your bills they're not going to send some money back so you can pay your bills they're not going to support you like you support them so stop listening to these preachers that are trying to get you to support them when they won't support you why should you care more about another man's ministry when he doesn't care about yours don't get me wrong you're supposed to pay the preacher the Bible tells us that we're supposed to support the preacher that's praying for us every day. The pastor, the local preacher, the local pastor, the ministers in our church are supposed to be paid employees of the church. That's what I do believe that that's true, but they don't do it. To, they don't, they're not supposed to exploit you for that. They're supposed to be working for that, for the ministry full time. They're supposed to be staying before God, according to the book of Acts reading the scriptures and praying for you. How's he going to pray for you if he's got a full-time job? How's he going to be studying the scriptures and bringing a word to you from God if he's got a job? He can't. It's impossible to do two jobs. You can't serve money and God. Jesus said that. You're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to do one job well and the other one's going to really, you're going to really stink at. And guess what? Which one, guess which job most pastors really stink at? They have jobs. They stink at the job of the church. 
That's why they let mother, the motherboard and the usher board and the missionary board and all these other folks run the church because they can't do it. They can't take care of their family with the money they get from their small church. They can't do it. They can't afford it. So this is it's a part time job. They do it. They do it. They do it. They're part time preachers and they can only do as good a job as they have the time to do. Pastoring is a full time job. You can't do it part time. And if I offend somebody, I'm sorry. You just can't do it part time. It's either all or nothing. You're either you're all in or you're all out. You can't be halfway in. He that puts his hand to the plow. Don't look. If he looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom. If you don't love father, if you love Jesus, then you got to love Jesus more than you love father, mother, sister, brother, uncle, auntie, dog, cat, mom and them, kids. The ministry comes first. If you put the ministry first, God will put your family first. If you put the ministry first, God will put your household first. God will make sure you have everything you need, but you got to you got to be all in. If you're all in, God will take care of you. And I know God would do it because I've seen God do it. And I fell. I fell because I allowed myself to give into my flesh and my desires. And that's how I got where I'm at today. And the only reason I'm, I'm coming out of where I was is because I had to make up my mind that I was going to be all in. And that's what I am. I'm all in. So I'm all in and I'm trying to do this because I'm trying to help somebody that may be where I was on the fence trying to figure out which way to go. Waiting for God to say something and and then show them something, show them the way. Well, the, Jesus is the way. That's the way. This is the only way out. Jesus is the way. You got to give your life completely to Jesus. You can't hold nothing back. You can't hold back anything. You got to give Jesus everything, every sin. You got to give it to him. Lay aside every sin and the weights that easily stop you from running this race that's set before you. According to Hebrews 12, there's a cloud of people. There's a crowd of people surrounded, surrounding you like a stadium. They're watching you go through this thing, trying to figure out how you're going to make it into the kingdom. Or how are you going to do this thing? And they're cheering you on. And you're so busy trying to listen to the people that, that aren't even trying to serve God. You need to listen to God. Everybody's praying for you. Everybody in heaven is encouraging you and praying for you and they're on your side, but you got to make, make up your mind who you're going to serve, God or man. You got to pick a side. As I get back into the scriptures in Galatians 6, verse 14, which is the main verse God spoke to me today. Paul says, I hope I will never brag about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through that cross, Jesus Christ, the world has been crucified to me and I have been crucified to the world. So if, if anyone's going to brag about anything about my life, it's going to be Christ who brags about me, not me about me. If I'm going to brag about anything, I want to brag about being dead to the world. And the world being dead to me. That's it. I want to be dead to the world. And I want the world to be dead to me. That's it. And that's my prayer today. Is that we'll all realize. That we come to Christ. Needing him. 
needing him to show us the way out. He is the way. Verse 15 tells us one last thing. He says, it's not important or it makes no difference if a man is circumcised or uncircumcised. The important thing is being a new people that God has made. Peace and mercy follow those who follow this rule. And to all God's people, Jewish or Christians, the church as the new Israel. So this is it. If you want peace and mercy in your life, remember this rule. To follow Jesus and to remember that this world was crucified to us and we're crucified to it. This world is dead and we're dead. And what God is offering you is a brand new way to live. And that brand new way of life will bring you peace and joy and happiness. We become a new person. If any man is in Christ, he becomes a new person. And the old things have passed away. And everything in your life will become new. But you can't have old and new at the same time. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. They'll burst. You can't put old wine in new wineskins. It'll burst. You have to put new wine into a new wineskin. So you have to become renewed. You have to become refreshed. You have to become the word born again. It's not about being baptized. It's not about saying the sinner's prayer. It means you have to become a baby again. You have to relearn everything you learned. You have to start off brand new. And you have to relearn the first principles of the oracles of God. That's Hebrews chapter 5, starting at the 12th verse. You can't. You can't start out eating meat. You got to you got to start out with milk. And all these folks just chewing on milk, they don't even they're not even developed yet. It's not only that it's not that they don't have the ability to chew the meat, it's that their their, their bodies are not developed to be able to digest the meat of God's word. They can say they're on meat. I don't care how much they say they're on meat. Just because you can put meat in your mouth and you can chew it doesn't mean your body can digest it. And, and process it and turn it into energy they can't they're like overgrown babies they're like 80 year old grown men with diapers on dirty diapers that haven't been changed in, in, in decades but a bottle full of not even milk it's just water with the residue of whatever form that was in the bottle just shake it up and it looks like milk but it ain't it's not even nutritious. They, they, they look emaciated. That's how we look when we're religious. That's how we look to God. We don't look like the sheep of his pasture. We look like something else. What God is asking you to consider is changing your mind changing the way you view things and see things and asking yourself am I my best me 
you were so worth it that Jesus died on the cross so that you could have a brand new life. Why don't you believe that? Why do you believe that you got to be circumcised? And I'm not saying that you really literally believe in being circumcised. Well, why do you think you need to do all these things that these people are telling you to do? When Jesus said, just, just believe that I am the son of God and believe that I rose from the dead and I'll do the rest. Who ever calls in the name of Jesus will be delivered. He who calls in the name of God will be saved. He who calls on Jesus will be saved. It doesn't give you conditions. When you call on Jesus and you believe that Jesus is Lord, you believe that he's the master, when you believe that he's the Messiah, when you believe that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. Not just saved from the judgment of sin, but saved from what you're in, saved from everything you're going through, saved from the mentality of this world, saved, completely brand new. Finally, I'll leave a thought with you. Jesus said, when you follow him, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, the Greek word for the phrase make you free is one word. It means it, it means literally to be taken out of one thing and brought into another. It's like what we call the word deliverance. It's where the word deliverance comes from. It means being set free to the point that you're taken out of wherever you are and brought to a new place. Like when they deliver the mail to your house, it goes, comes from one address to your address, to a new address. What Jesus is saying is that when you know him, he will make you free. He's going to bring you out of whatever you're in and into where he wants you to be. And all he's asking you to do is trust him. Stop listening to people. Stop going to people for prayer and go to Jesus for yourself. Go to that secret place in your house, your car, into the ba bathroom stall in your job, wherever you are, go somewhere private and just give Jesus a bit of your time. And I promise you, he'll meet you there. He'll change your life forever. You'll never be the same.